Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right, we're back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have Avery Carl with us. Avery is from the Short Term Shop. She is a short-term rental expert, which is always a fun thing to talk about because uh, you know it's one of those assets that I've always been interested in doing. I've wanted to build a Hobbit home that I could rent out, and uh, <laughs> up here in Washington, I feel like that would that would crush it. So, Avery, thank you for hopping on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, I told you before we got on here, we'd like to start with stories. I'm sure you got a good one. Um, so why don't we dive into your beginning? How'd you get started in real estate? Yeah. Uh, so I accidentally ended up in real estate. I think like most real estate investors, <laughs> I don't think anybody says I want to be a real estate investor when I grow up. Uh, <laughs> we, my husband and I were moving from New York city to Nashville. We don't live in Nashville anymore, but this is probably 2013. I was getting ready to go to grad school and our real estate agent at the time we were buying a house said, Oh, well, you need to buy in this hip part of Nashville. It's appreciating really fast. And like back in 2013, something appreciating a hundred thousand dollars in two years was crazy, but little did we know, you know, 2021 would be more than that. <laughs> and uh, so we were like, eh, you know, we're moving from Brooklyn to Tennessee. We don't think we want to live in town. We want to live out in the country. So we bought a place out in the country but we had a little money left over and we thought, well, maybe there's something to that. Maybe we'll buy one of those. We'll rent it out. And then in 10, 20, 30 years, we'll need to pay for like our kid's college or something. We can sell it and pay for their college out of the appreciation and not out of our pockets. And we thought we were like the biggest geniuses ever. Genius. Didn't, even know. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even know it was called uh, real estate investing. We were super Dave Ramsey's at the time. And mm. so we bought one and it actually went really well. Uh, it cash flowed a thousand dollars over the mortgage every month. And nice. so when we, yeah, when we realized like, oh, wow, we can actually make money off of this every month, we thought, oh, let's get some more of these. So then we actually started educating ourselves on the huge investment that we just made, listen to all the podcasts, read all the books and all that. And we had just a little bit of capital left for like one single family down payment. And we thought, well, what can we buy that's going to make us the most amount of money? The And uh, so we landed on short-term rentals. We didn't want to do it in Nashville because their regulations were just constantly changing and we didn't want to blow it. So we said, well, where can we go that it's the normal thing for people to go rent a house that somebody owns and not stay in a hotel. And we just come from vacation in the Smoky Mountains. And we said, oh, we stayed in a cabin. Everybody's staying in cabins. Somebody owns these cabins. Let's try this. So uh, we bought one, long story short, figured out how to manage it remotely from three hours away without having to uh, bring in a property manager for 40% of your gross and um, scaled that to five of them in the Smokies within a half hour. We started that, it was about 2016. So now in 2022, we have 205 doors. Uh, eight of them are short-term rentals. The rest are multifamily and single-family long-terms. But for us, our strategy was since the, the short-terms cash flow so much harder, we were like, well, we need to buy a few short-terms and use all that cash flow to then go grow our portfolio in whatever way we wanted. Uh, somewhere, I think it was on our second short-term rental I realized there weren't really any agents in the space who could even really answer our basic questions like, hey, how much should this property make? How do I find a cleaner? 
And so I got my license, bridged that gap, became that agent, started what would eventually become the short-term shop. So now we have 55 agents in 13 markets in eight states, and we have helped investors acquire just about $1.3 billion in the past 12 months of of short-term rentals. So that's in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is quite the story. All from a a single purchase out there in Nashville. I love it. (laughs) So uh, cool. I mean, a lot of questions um, popped up for me. What were you going to grad school for, by the way? I went to get my MBA, uh, had a focus in marketing, and uh, I re- I'm one of those people that just really likes school. <laughs> ah, so, okay. Yeah. yeah MBA. One of those. I, I was not one of those. I liked school, but I just didn't like uh, home- homework. I thought that was kind of bullshit. But yeah, <laughs> um, it's funny you said Dave Ramsey. My parents really loved Ramsey. I always thought his uh, his uh-huh. advice just didn't make sense. It's like, you're just putting your money away, but like it's not making anything. I don't know. Um, but it's cool. You got into the short-term game, um, and then you switched over to multifamily and now you guys are doing everything. I'd love to see that kind of trajectory. Um, so there's a lot of avenues we could take this short-term is something that I have never had experience in, but it is always interesting to me. Um, you guys got into it because it sounds like that had the highest ROI, which seems like that is a, a, a similar theme that we've seen over the course of all the people we've had on the short-term game here on the podcast. Um, so tell us what is, you know, there's, it's juicy. The ROI sounds great. What is the part that, that takes most investors away? Um, and you mentioned management. Why, what is it about management that, um, that you feel most people don't do right that you that it, that can be easily remedied? I think a lot of people think that you have to have a local manager with short-term rental and Full disclosure, all of my long terms, I do have property managers on. Totally different beast. Uh, But with short term, the average property management split for a short term rental is 25% of your gross. And just to give you like some perspective on how it actually is, if I'd paid a property manager 25% last year on my short terms, I would have paid somebody $200,000. So as a real estate investor, I have better things to do with $200,000 than to give it to somebody for a $50,000 gig. So um, there are lots of property management tools and softwares and automations to help you do that so that you are able to really bootstrap and utilize all that cash flow to build that portfolio. So for I think the biggest thing that that the biggest mistake people make is thinking like, oh, well, I have to have somebody manage it for me and you don't. Yeah. You can, but you don't have to. Yeah. I mean, that is... Uh, so the reason I like self-storage, that's my main main uh, bread and butter out here is because it's just so dang simple to, to manage um, and you can do it with rem- remote management. Um, but that's one of the reasons what that kind of kept me away from from short-term rentals is I, I feel like the management is very intensive. Um, is that not the case? I mean, you're doing it yourself. You're not doing property managers. What is kind of the general process in terms of managing a, a short-term rental? Well, it's definitely managing your system. So your automation tools, your property management software is going to do most of the heavy lifting for you. And you're just going to have to basically answer some text messages here and there. But it's definitely not a situation where, okay, you're going to buy two short-term rentals. You're never going to have to look at your phone again. You're going to be able to sit on your ass and eat Taco Bell and not do anything. (laughs) Like everyone would be doing this and uh, nobody would have jobs if you could just buy a couple short-term rentals and never touch anything again. So it's definitely something that requires some work, but it's better than sitting in an office all day. So uh, really, I would say for one property, it will take you a cumulative about 30 minutes to one hour a week. 
wow, that's really good. That's uh, that's actually better than mobile home parks that I that <laughs> I manage. So, <laughs> um, interesting. So when you go to find a short term rental, um, I know you know they're everywhere these days. There doesn't matter what city you're looking in, you can go on Airbnb and find a short term rental. Um, but there are better markets, there are better locations. So what is it that you look for? when you are sourcing a, a short-term um, versus, you know, standard multifamily? I look for a mature vacation rental market. So an area like the Smokies or like Myrtle Beach or Destin, Florida, where it's the normal thing for people who, who are going on vacation to the area to stay in short-term rentals. And it has been forever. So not a situation like in, I'll go back to pick on Nashville, where up until 2012, 13, probably everybody who came to Nashville was staying in a hotel and then short-term rental investing came along. And now there's a lot of friction between the hotels and city councils and people who live there as a primary home and the short-term rental owners. So I don't want to mess with all that. So I stick to the areas where it's been the normal thing for people to rent condos, beach houses, cabins on an overnight basis since forever. Like in Destin, where I live, there have been vacation rentals longer than longer than there's been electricity. So <laughs> I like that because A, those areas have more favorable regulations, but B, because a lot of people are like, well, what's going to happen in a recession? Well, all these areas that have been around as short-term rental markets for so long, uh, these are areas that have been through every recession, that have been through every natural disaster probably several times, and there's still millions and millions of tourists coming. So these are really, really established. It's not likely that anything's really going to change in terms of the volume of tourists that come to the area. So that's what I, I stick to. That makes sense. Um, that's funny. There's a small town here in Washington called Leavenworth, um, and that is uh, it's German themed. And so the entire town, you know, at some point in the 50s, 60s, they turned over to to be a Germanic town. Um, it's all themed and everything. But once Airbnbs came around, um, they prohibited prohibited people from uh, buying short term rentals. You can't rent out a house anymore, and it, which is really a bummer um, because I always wanted to buy a house out in Leavenworth and uh, and and rent it. But um, you're talking about you know, different cities have regulations. So you really got to be wary of that. Do you have any tools or anything that you use to identify a, um, a maybe a a Metro that's favorable to short-term rentals, or do you just, is it just basically you're talking to people, figure out, Hey, Boca Raton, this is a good place. Um, or anything like that. Well, the first thing you want to do, if you're like, okay, well, you know, I want to be in a Metro market because you know, there's advantages to Metro markets. Uh, like you could turn around if, if you don't like the short-term business or, uh, something doesn't work out, you can turn around and long-term rent it, which you can't really do that in one of these big vacation markets. Cause there's just too many short-term rentals to where mm. if something ever did come along and wipe out all, all the tourism, which if anything was going to be that it was COVID and it didn't, it was the opposite. Uh, then you can't, there's just too many to be able to long-term. But uh, if you do say, oh, you know what? I grew up uh, I grew up in North Mississippi like I did. And Memphis is really cool. Let me just get a short-term rental in Memphis. First thing you want to do is, you know, get on your Google machine and see if, if there's any noise going on about anti-short-term rental regulations. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you can find they'll have like a city short-term rental website that has all the rules right there. But if you can't find anything like that, you definitely want to either call the city if it's inside city limits or county if it's outside city limits. Uh, typically it'll be like the zoning, planning, building department, words like that, and just ask and find out because you the worst thing that could happen is you assume that it's okay because you didn't find anything. And then you buy something and it turns out it's not. So 
Yep. Makes sense. Always call directly. Um, so what do you see in the future for short term? The reason I ask is, um, you know, I've, I've been a huge fan of Airbnbs. I've used them all, all, you know, so for as long as they've been out, I've used them. Um, but I've noticed recently that Airbnbs, their price point is essentially the same thing as a hotel these days. And I personally would rather just spend the money for a hotel where I get all the services um, versus an Airbnb where I have to do the the dishes and the laundry and all that stuff. Um, so what do you see in terms of the future of short-term rentals? Do you see it, you know, this, this, this terror that it's on, do you see it continuing or do you see it kind of taking a retraction? Um, yeah. Where do you see it in the future? I think that where it may retract is in those Metro markets where you have those hotel options and the hotels that are now like working on competing with short-term rentals, whereas they didn't have that competition before. Uh, so that's again, why I stick to the vacation markets where there's not really any hotels. People have always come to these markets to stay in cabins or beach houses. So it's not, I just like to choose markets where I'm not going to run into that friction. So areas where there are a lot of great hotel options, like you're right. If I'm going to New York city, I'm booking the plaza. I'm probably not booking an Airbnb, but if I'm going to, um, like Jackson hole, I'm probably going to want to stay in like a cabin and have enough. Cause that's probably going to be like, a bigger vacation with extended family, things like that. Yep, that's a good point. I usually that it's uh, two different purposes. The Airbnb mm-hmm. are usually for large groups. I uh, didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so short-term rentals—that's only part of your game. You also do multifamily. Take us a little bit into multifamily. What do you do? Where is it? Um, what what's your guys's bread and butter there? So we have, I call them our three machines that are running all the time. So we're still buying short terms here and there. Like we bought our most recent one end of last year in uh, Cape Sandblast, Florida. And we have our single family machine rolling in uh, Alabama and Birmingham. And we can just pick off, you know, $120,000 single families that'll cash flow five, 600 bucks a month, like without noticing it. And then uh, for multi, we stick to Midwestern cities. Uh, because typically they don't fluctuate as much in terms of uh, appreciation. And then, you know, having some kind of a a drop in a recession, they kind of just stay decently steady. So um, we've got between, I think our biggest one is a 50 unit. So we've got between 12 and 50 units, buildings. I want to say we got about seven. Um, And that's been going really well for us. We just kind of got into multi because we're like, man, we're closing like 10 of these single families at a time. Why don't we just buy an apartment building? (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot easier when you scale up with multifamily because it's all in one space. Um, I I started with single, but I quickly moved on from that because, man, that's a lot of work. No no offense to the single family guys out there. And it sounds like you guys are crushing in single too. So that's great. Yeah, as long as you have your, your systems in place. But I don't recommend doing what we're doing. I recommend picking one thing and focusing on it and then pivoting when you're ready. Don't try to do too many things at once. So do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) (laughs) Age old wisdom right there. All right. I uh, just took a pick at the clock. We did go through our time. So I have to push us into the quick question round. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Starts with books or any form of education. Um, So give me two recommendations, one for general life wisdom and one for real estate specific. I see you have a thousand books behind you. So I'm sure you got a good one here. (laughs) Uh, general wisdom, you know, I really like, um, the alchemist, ah, by such a good book. Such yeah, a good book. I don't really know how to pronounce it. I can Paolo spell it for you. Um, <laughs> and then also I'm working on this is not real estate specific, but kind of mindset oh, okay. specific extreme ownership. Uh, that's, that's a good one. Um, and then, you know, my book is a good real estate book, short-term rental, long-term wealth. So, uh, 
I'll say that, but, um, Perfect. extreme ownership by Jocko Willink, really good one. And then, um, yeah, I think that's it. That's three, right? Too many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Now alchemist, that is one of my all time favorite books. It's just such a good read. Uh, definitely yeah, a good recommendation. All right. That moves us on to the next question. Um, this one is for your younger self. So if you could go back to the Avery who was, you know, in grad school, hadn't even bought a property yet, go back to her, look in the eye, give her one piece of advice moving forward. I mean, I, th- I think everybody probably says this. I'll go back to undergrad Avery bartending in Austin. Uh, all my friends were buying $70,000 houses on the East side of downtown and I totally could have gotten one and I didn't. And I wish I would have started earlier because those houses are, you know, six, seven, $800,000 now. And that was dumb. So I wish I would have started, started earlier. earlier. I, I'm pretty sure about 50% of the people who come on here and I ask that question, they all say start earlier. So if you're out there and you're just thinking about getting into real estate, do it because uh, we all wish we started earlier. <laughs> that leads us to the next question. This is for habits. Habits form the foundation of our life. So if you could point to one thing you do day in and day out, you feel contribute the most to your overall health, well-being, and happiness, what would that be? Getting up early, for sure. Getting up so, early. You know, there's just a lot of stuff you want. Every day, you're like, okay, I got to do this, this, and this. And you can't really ever get through your... Or I can't can't because when other people wake up, they start needing things from you, whether that's, you know, clients or children or, you know, any of the above or like things happen, fires happen that you have to put out. So, you know, getting your checklist done before everybody else wakes up, I I'm up at four. I like to have everything done by, uh, I would like to say six, but sometimes my kids surprise me and wake up at like five. So I gotta, you know, it's, it's never a sure thing up early is the best thing that I do for myself. Yeah, for sure. Getting up early is, uh, is key in four, man. That takes the cake. I don't think I've ever, I've ever stretched it that far. So kudos to you there. Uh, that moves us to the next one. And this one is tools. Tools are, uh, they're used in everybody's business and I know I rely on them a lot. So what is one tool that you feel is just integral to your business, um, that you could recommend? Hmm. My CRM Slack and, uh, my calendar app. <laughs> What's your CRM? Uh, so my CRM is HubSpot. So I had to go big because we have so many offices, but there's a lot more affordable options for real estate specific, like, um, follow-up boss is a good one, Mm -hmm. but being able to keep everything in one place and remembering who you talk to and making notes about what the last thing that was said, so you know, when to follow up and, you know, just having everybody in your database in, in your database in one place. Yep. CRM, man, that is uh, we live and die by the CRM for sure. And that leads us to, let me get my spot. Um, second, last question. This is for the U S there's a lot of opportunity out there. A lot of square miles. So give me one MSA that you are most excited than investing in. What's an MSA? Uh, your Metro. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, most excited. Well, Birmingham has been pretty good to us. So let's say that I, I grew up in the Southeast. So there's a lot of like medium sized cities that I'll probably pivot to that I'm familiar with. If things, you know, dry up and once like we were in Chattanooga forever and things deals just kind of dried up there. So we scooted down to Birmingham. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna say Birmingham. Cool. I've actually heard really good things about Birmingham, um, in terms of like appreciation and, and, uh, population growth and all that stuff. So you heard it here guys, get into Birmingham. That's the next big one. And that leads us to the last question. This is for the listeners. You've given us a lot of good advice. So why don't you give us, uh, give everybody listening and watching a, the best place for them to get in contact with you. 
you can get in contact with us at theshorttermshop.com. Click the schedule a consultation button or uh, follow us on Instagram at theshorttermshop. Perfect. Shorttermshop.com. I'll put that in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to Avery, just go ahead and click a little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description in there. You can find Avery's URL. So Avery, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and were able to pull some actionable advice that you can go home with and apply to your own investing business. Before you go, I have a gift for you. If you're a new investor looking to get started or an established investor looking to take your business to the next level, I've created an ebook just for you available on the website. This ebook will cover how I was able to create both active and passive income in real estate with very little money to start with. In it, I will address the three most often cited obstacles new and veteran investors run into by showing you how to find a deal that's actually a deal, how to finance that deal with little to no money down, and how to exit a deal for maximum value. And if you get the ebook today, I'm going to bury you in bonuses, seven of them to be exact. First, you'll get the off-market lead generation blueprint, which will take you through the exact systems and processes we use to generate off-market leads like clockwork, which is the most important skill when it comes to creating real wealth in real estate. Then you'll get the A to Z REI systems and vendors guide, which will allow you to peek under the hood of our business and see the exact tools and systems and even the vendors we use to grow our business. After that, you will get the top 100 best performing keywords pack, which will give you the exact keywords we use to target leads online and generate leads without having to lift a finger. Next, you'll get the contracts bundle for wholesaling and renting real estate, which will give you access to all of the contracts we use in the field to execute all types of transactions. After that, you'll get the investor's quick analysis calculator and offer tool, which will allow you to quickly calculate whether a deal is an actual deal and will allow you to create an offer automatically from those calculations. Next up, we'll give you the Investor's Daily Success Tracker, which is a tracker you can use to ensure you are taking the right actions day in and day out to reach your financial goals in real estate. And finally, you will get the Wholesaler's Template for Quick Assignment Cash, which will give you the templates we use to present our wholesale deals professionally and efficiently to our buyers. I know that is a ton of things to say. I'm glad you were able to stick with it. Uh, so you'll get both the ebook and all of those seven free bonuses when you download the ebook today. All we charge is the admin cost to run the show. So if you are interested in the ebook and the bonus bundle, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com. Click on get the ebook bundle at the top of the page and take advantage of that deal. With that housekeeping item covered, I hope you have an absolutely fantastic day and even better week. Keep rocking real estate, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. 
We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.